Welcome to The Follow-Up, a weekly podcast that goes in-depth into projects recently reviewed on Brand New, featuring conversations with the designers and sometimes their clients, uncovering the context, background, and design decisions behind the work. Hi, this is Brian Ingomez-Palacio, and welcome to episode 8 of The Follow-Up. This week, we're following up on the identity and packaging for Hotel Tango Distillery, an artisan distillery in Indianapolis, Indiana, making bourbon, whiskey, vodka, gin, rum, sherry liqueur, orangello, and limoncello. The distillery was started by Travis Barnes, a veteran of the Marine Corps, and his wife and business partner, Hilary Barnes. She is the H for hotel. He is the T for tango. The project, designed by Indianapolis-based Young and Laramore, was posted on Brand New on April 29th. You can pull it up on your browser at bit.ly slash bnpodcast008. That is b-i-t dot l-y slash bnpodcast008, all in lowercase. This project is a little older, so you might just need a refresher this time. This week, we're joined by Brian Jutkins, Principal and Group Creative Director at Young and Laramore, and Travis Barnes, Founder and CEO of Hotel Tango Distillery. In this conversation, we learn about why Hotel Tango needed a new brand despite having a pretty good one already, how Travis's history, personality, and no BS approach informed the new brand, and how Young and Laramore bottled all that into a fantastic new look built around the design of the prepackaged food rations used by U.S. Armed Forces. Now, let's listen in as Armin follows up with Brian and Travis. Welcome, everyone. Today we have a very, or the most Hoosier-like podcast episode we'll have because everybody here, including myself and the guests, we're all from the state of Indiana. So welcome to the follow-up, Travis and Brian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So, Travis, we're going to start with you. There's a lot to your story about how you started Hotel Tango and your life as a soldier before it. Can you give our listeners uh, the abridged version of that? Sure. I'm from Northeast Indiana, town uh, of Albion. I grew up there. I graduated in 2001, started college. 9-11 happened, felt the calling, dropped out of college and enlisted in the Marine Corps. I ended up doing three tours in Iraq with 1st Recon Battalion. I got out, came back home, finished up school, went to law school where I, I met my wife. And uh, about halfway through, I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. And um, I was already doing distilling as a hobby in the backyard. And the law was changing for the first time since prohibition in Indiana. So we kind of put a business plan together and took the hobby to a actual business. And we opened our doors in 2014 uh, here on Virginia Avenue, just selling out of there. And uh, we have since grown it to over 12 states, over 2,000 uh, retail locations. We're on uh, over 120 military installations throughout the United States from D.C. to uh, Honolulu. So we're growing. Uh, you know, it's sometimes at a breakneck pace. It's a very cool industry to be in. It's been a pretty wild ride thus far. What attracted you to distilling in the first place? Uh, I was curious, and I think it, there was a challenge to it. Uh, I'd been doing beer previously, and this was kind of the next step. And I felt like the beer industry was kind of saturated. And 
I don't know. I always just preferred spirits anyway. And this was kind of in my wheelhouse as growing up. Yeah, it was really just a challenge to see if I could make it at first. And then I, I built my own still uh, and was doing it in the backyard with a turkey fryer and some garden hoses. And then I put it in little tiny barrels and gave it away as Christmas presents or birthday presents or whatever. And folks said, this is pretty good, man. Not bad. That was the catalyst really to take it from hobby to a actual business was that there was anecdotal feedback that the product was good and that people enjoyed it so from there it just encouraged me to go keep pushing yeah so from this hobby you already had a design in place before you took on this redesign i'm guessing last year <clears throat> 2009 excuse me and you had a pretty decent brand with a good logo and nice bottles that you could have probably kept using for you know at least a decade what made you want to redesign I think that it was the the realization that the message wasn't being communicated. It was, I think, in some ways, a little too straightforward, but it was almost inside baseball where you had to understand some of it to get it right away. Otherwise, it left folks, I think, a little confused on the connection between military and distillation. But we couldn't really articulate what that disconnect was. I mean, again, it was all pretty anecdotal. We, we felt like we understood, but uh, we just didn't get it. And that's when we engaged with uh, YNL. All right. So that's a perfect segue to turn to Brian. How did YNL, Young and Laramore get involved in this project and how did that relationship evolve from that first contact to starting to work together? Well, we've been secret admirers of and well, and barefaced consumers of Hotel Tango for years. They've got a great story. Uh, we also saw an opportunity to help them amplify that story. Uh, our process started with interviews, strategy. We interviewed many people, Travis, right? I mean, we interviewed all around. Um, we interviewed consumers. We interviewed, uh, interviewed spirit drinkers. We interviewed bartenders. We interviewed distributors, all to get the like just kind of full view of Hotel Tango and and how the military message was working, because that that was a little bit of an issue. We noticed after we started talking to people that the military connection was a bit of a disconnection, that people felt it was a bit of a novelty, that that was like, oh, that's interesting. I That's really cool. I'm going to get that for my uncle because he's in the military, but not for, not for me. I never considered drinking it myself. So it was then that we started to come up with the idea that Travis's background in the military and his time there would lead to the as a really easy connection to the meticulous process of distilling. And now that gives a reason for the consumer to understand why this is going to be a good experience for them. And that's when we came up with the phrase distilled with discipline, just kind of our core like tagline thought. In general, we just really tried to lay out how we were going to work and we could talk later about the process, too, about how we kept Hotel Tango very involved throughout, which I think was really key to the outcome and our relationship. But I think we hit it off pretty instantly and knew we were going to be working together for years to come. Nice. Uh, so, Travis, what attracted you to YNL in the first place? Well, I would say some of their past work. Uh, definitely, I think, made them stand out. Some of the past projects that we just knew that they were a part of uh, without even going to ask them about it. We actually went and talked to some other folks out in the alcohol world. And really, you could just see it on the shelf, uh, the difference that it made uh, for these other folks. Uh, initially, they just listened uh, from the interviews and learning about the core company and the people in it. 
and the story and how it, they really did a good job of kind of taking everything um, and then using that as the foundation to build upon everything else. And did you consider using other design firms or were you just from the start, just like focusing on one and seeing how that went? No, I would say that uh, we definitely, I don't know if you want to call it a, a RFP, but we, we definitely solicited and checked out other folks and uh, YNL just seemed to be the, the right group, the right fit for us. I think because they listen the best. I think that their team, they listened before they started being creative, I guess, is how I would say it. And then that, that was what attracted me is how much time they wanted to spend learning about the story before just throwing shit against the wall. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, a designer's first impulse to just create and ask questions later and see what happens. And was it important to work with a local firm or was that not that big a deal? We wanted the right firm. I think that was the most important. It didn't, it's really nice that they're five blocks away. I can tell you that if we need to talk or hash something out, I mean, it's, it's great to have them right there, but no, I don't think that that was necessarily anything. I think it was truly the fit. And this was our first time doing a big partnership expansion money spend like this. So it was a little bit of gut feeling, to be honest, on who was going to be the, the right, who, who are we marrying to change, change our baby. Yeah, well, uh, after seeing the result, I think it's clear that you made the right choice. So good call on that. Brian, you already talked a little bit about this, but, you know, given Travis's background and then the previous design, I would imagine that the goal from the start was to keep the military theme. Like, I'm guessing at no point was like, oh, just go in any other direction that you want. So how did you first approach this aspect of the redesign? Because of the strategy, the goal was definitely to keep the military theme but we also knew we needed to elevate the look and feel of the brand to feel more premium. And our first step in that process is to make a ton of mood boards. We split up a war room in our building. One half was all military inspiration, uniforms, insignias, stencils, military documents. And the other half was just inspiration from the spirits world, mostly high-end premium spirits. That's, we just kind of started to bathe in that. It was like, just like method acting, just absorbing that world around us. And also it was really important that we capture Travis's personality as part of this brand. We have a phrase that we say, which is bottling Travis. And, and when you meet Travis, he's a very straightforward, no bullshit kind of dude. That's how we made the connection to MREs and other types of military packaging, because it's also just so simple and straightforward. And that gave us a way to communicate a connection to the military without the cliche use of flags and camouflage and overly aggressive eagles. You mentioned briefly about how um, th how you, you involved Travis and the Hotel Tango team along the process. So in this phase of doing the mood boards, was the making of the mood boards in collaboration with Travis and, their, and his team? Or did you just do, we're going to do mood boards and then come and see them? I think our, one of our number one goals, because we were new to each other and Hotel Tango was still pretty new to the process in general, was to avoid any big reveal. That was our number one thing and just become partners and take you through the process very slowly. We had a lot of minds to terraform inside the building of Hotel Tango. There are a lot of strong opinions over there, not surprisingly. And what? So, 
And so we went through every step. So not so much did we build the boards together, but we narrowed the boards together. We started to agree and come to consensus together about what was working for them, what was going to feel like Hotel Tango. Sometimes there's a little bit of like in anything where your choice is fish. This is what you're eating tonight. This is it. We believe in it so strong. Enjoy. But for the most part, we really didn't do too much of that. We just did that together. I think Travis and Hillary, the H in, in Hotel Tango, uh, they were in our basement many, many, many times as we were going through into our war room and walking through these things. And Travis, was this uh, mood board process new to you? Yes, absolutely. I guess conceptually, you know, from theory to practice, I guess in my mind, it was more going to be like a madman you know, kind of thing. But no, Brian and his team, they're gentle lovers. They were very good about not shocking us, you know, with a big, big reveal. It was a cadence of listening, building a foundation, and then, you know, showing that to us and saying, is this the foundation we want before we put another layer on top of it? And I would agree with Brian that, yeah, I think that there was a lot of nudging from those guys in in good ways that I'm, I, I would say initially we were a little hesitant to because it was our baby from the start. So any change was going to be contemplated and thought about. And yeah, we didn't agree initially on everything. And I, I think that's, again, I like that there's healthy pushback uh, on the on that side, because if there wasn't a little bit of rub, it wouldn't be important. Yeah, and I think part of the process of designers that we sometimes go through with clients is a little bit of soul searching on the side of the client. We ask questions that are sometimes not necessarily uncomfortable, but things that you haven't thought about in a specific way about how then those things would manifest in a design solution. So I think the mood board stage is really helpful in hashing out those things, as you mentioned before, adding on another layer of complexity and things that will actually come to market. So um, it's it's nice to, to hear that the process was beneficial to you. Now, Brian, you already mentioned and alluded to MREs, which for our listeners, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, or my accent is not clearly understandable, they stand for meal, comma, ready to eat, which are the prepackaged food rations used by US, US armed forces. How do you start the process of moving for their ex from their extreme utilitarian look to something so nice? Well, there's a lot of beauty in straightforwardness. There's also a lot of randomness in the layouts of and typography of MRE and military packaging, like ammo crates or coffee instant and tinned bacon. And that beauty of something so utilitarian is its simplicity and its boldness. We started there and then we thought, how could we bring some subtle things to the MRE look to just help bring it to life? We leaned heavily into fun type and typography. We started putting some color behind to help modernize the look, but also differentiate the product lineup and help that stand out on a shelf. Honestly, we needed to win on the shelf, whatever that shelf is, on-premise, off, or even just like a personal liquor cabinet. Shelf presence was a huge consideration throughout the design process. What's great about the MRE look is that it's pretty much yelling at you to look at it and not just look at it, but hold your attention. We took advantage of that MRE style and that typography to just fill the label full of words from edge to edge. We spent a ton of time crafting language on the labels. It's just begging to be picked up and read. And speaking of picked up, like the bottle shape helps too. It's a big old broadside 
and it holds like a flask. If you ever held, hold the bottle, it's got a curve on the back. It, it feels a little bit military. It's got subtle military cues to it. Also, another small point, it's grabbable. It, it's passable. And we were looking for ways to communicate that sense of camaraderie that Travis brought to Hotel Tango from the military that Hotel Tango exudes every day. So we got there via a ton of small choices. Now, um, this is a question I didn't have prepared, but since you mentioned the bottle, how was that process, uh, how did that process go? Did you propose bottles? Travis, did you have new bottles in mind? How did that go? So from the beginning, I would say that Hillary and I were open to anything. Uh, we wanted to challenge ourselves and push beyond what we thought the brand could be because I think we understood that we were, we both had bias and we knew that. And we said, look, be open to anything and everything. I think that was the starting point. It became pretty easy when we saw the bottle choices. This one, it just jumped out to me initially, like as, yeah, that's that's it. When you, it was love at first sight kind of thing, it just felt right in the hand. I agree with Brian. It, it feels like a canteen. It's easy to pass. If that curvature on the back is just a very nice hand-to-hand -hand grab that you can pass off around a campfire or wherever. I mean, it just felt right immediately. And Brian, how did you uh, distill the options of uh, various <laughs> bottles, sorry about that pun, uh, into <laughs> some new options for Travis and Hillary? Team effort for sure. Beyond our art director, our designer, our writer, everyone, we have a production department that asked and uh, for any bottle we asked for, they hunted it down and they found it. So we did a massive bottle study. We've got experience with other um beer spirits like Upland Brewing. And so we've looked at bottles before. We have a pretty extensive bottle collection. That was the first one. We also then started to CAD up our own bottle shape. And our first presentation of a bottle to Hotel Tango was actually, um, we had a neighbor, a friend who could 3D print those at his big 3D printing establishment. And so we actually physically 3D printed the bottle shape that we were looking for. We're actually headed towards that custom bottle shape right now. We knew that probably wasn't going to be ready in time for Hotel Tango's fifth anniversary, like big time, like rebrand. And so the bottle that everybody's seen so far is, uh, is an Italian bottle that we found. And that was one that we presented. We, you know, then obviously we comp it up entirely and presented that whole line to them, let people touch it, hold it and feel very good about it. So there's still, there's still going to be a change in the bottle down the line for something custom. Yes. The, that's they're, right. they're all nodding in agreement, <laughs> uh, but for our podcast <laughs> listeners, that's a yes. Um, so Travis, back to the MRE aesthetic. Um, you know, as a designer, I, I appreciate the how they look, but I'm guessing from your experience as a soldier, they have all these other connotations. When you first saw that design option, what was your, your thought? From the shelf, it just screams, hey, boot, pick me up, look at me. And I think that there's an instant connection to that on the military side that I got. But I think that it also has... It definitely heightened the feel. It premiumized the the entire package with that MRE. I, I know that's kind of the generic name, the MRE, but it really is that whole feel of the military that you just, you're, you're saturated with it while you're in. And it doesn't matter if it's the MRE or the gasoline diesel or the tin bacon. You just, that, that becomes its own language in a way. But it's so easy. It's un it's almost made to be universal because it was designed for guys coming and gals all over the country, all different cultures, backgrounds. And this was just the most straightforward way to get 
don't put diesel into the regular one. Okay. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> and this is exactly how it, I think it comes across. And I, and within our industry, I think it is, it is a very bold statement to say, you know, bourbon ready to drink. I mean, ready to drink RTD is a category unto itself. I mean, that's technically what the hard seltzers fall in. So that cheeky fun part of uh, the Hotel Tango brand is that ready to eat is or ready to drink is saying bourbon. We don't need it. You don't need anything else to go in this bad boy. It is ready, locked and loaded, poor. And I think that's a bold statement. And I love that. That's the messaging that is coming through off a shelf without us having to go and do anything else. Yep, that is very true. There's nothing better than bourbon just straight out of, uh, in this case, a beautiful bottle. And you you spoke about language and uh, turning to Brian. So there's re there's a lot of really great, very amusing copywriting. There's a sort of there's a sense of humor that you know it's unexpected from this visual language that all of, that all of a sudden you transform it through this verbal language that kind of like dials down the sort of not aggressiveness but the the point blanketness of the design. So how did you arrive at this tone of voice? This is the other half of Bottling Travis. Now that we are meeting him live, we can see within five minutes with these people, you know, they take their spirit seriously and everything else a little less so. And so this other, the, the comedy that comes from this is just the idea that we completely committed to that MRE tone and language. And we never broke character, which means once you take it outside the usual context and apply it to a bottle label instead of, say, a can of beans, it just becomes inherently playful and charming. We created a department of strategic communications, we called it. And that was for all our official communications, whether that be ads, menus, uh, newsletters, anything that all came from the department of strategic communications. And we took it to ads like with headlines like official Hotel Tango print advertisement. It does not get any straighter than that. A headline that just labels the ad or propaganda ready to propagate because that's how the Department of Defense would talk if it made a print ad or a poster. They talk the same way about the contents of a, of a survival cracker in the same way we talked about an ad. We labeled the contents of the ad and that it was going to contain supplementary copy and that it was going to contain a tagline and that it was for civilian display, and that it contains 68 words in it. We have word counts on our print ads, and that's all we needed to do. It's, it's the kind of idea that you just kind of let it, let it go. You just kind of matador the idea and let it charge around. It knows, it knows where it can go and where it can't. Yeah, I think it's almost like a copywriter's dream job. Just find that voice and just explode it and explore it in so many ways. And I think uh, from the mock-ups and ads that we saw on our website, I think was, there were just so many details that, you know, if, you, if you're just scrolling quickly, you miss them. But when you stop and look at them, those are the things that I think become more memorable as a brand that is not just trying to sell you something, but is trying to engage you in a different way. So with that said, Travis, what is the most exciting aspect of this new design for you and Hillary and the future of Hotel Tango? Most exciting? I think that I'd say it's uh, how big the universe, it can continue to grow. I mean, it just, it feels so right and it can grow in a lot of different directions with the brand. I think that we, we can have a lot more fun with it on the, the language piece. I think that there's just ways to evolve with it on the military side and still hold true to that original MRE feel, but they're, they're, I can already see that they're, the ways that it could evolve in different channels outward. 
And it's going to be really fun to work with Brian and, and his team to figure out which little rabbit holes we get to go down and explore. And that to me, I think is the most exciting part about the rebrand and what it allows us to do into the future, where I think before we were a little bit pigeonholed on, on how we could grow. And this really just opened the universe up for us. And speaking about logistics a little bit, and you're still working with YNL, I'm guessing, uh, or, or do you have a, a design team or a design person on, on your end that is helping you build new materials as needed? Again, it's a team effort for sure. It's a dance between us and them and working with the rebrand materials. And it's a lot of targets of opportunity and what makes sense. You know, we don't make any sudden movements without consulting with those guys first to make sure that it fits within everything. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Again, that's the fun part. You know, you can't win every time, you know, that you got to be able to get to a 70% solution and, and drive on sometimes. And again, that's really what I appreciate about YNL is uh, their straightforwardness, uh, their ability to give good feedback and take feedback as well. I think it goes both ways. And that's been the fun part with those guys. And I think the, that relationship has really worked well, and we could see it in the comments of Brand New. Now, Brian, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the comment section of Brand New, but it is notoriously difficult to please. And I knew the design was good and expected there to be some praise, but it was quite unanimous that this was really great. Uh, with as much modesty as possible on your part, were you pretty confident about the final design once it was approved and produced? <laughs> yeah, uh, you are right. You are absolutely right. We are aware of your comment section. It has always been a den of strong opinions. So that makes the response even more amazing. I'd say, yeah, we knew we had something here and we felt good about it all along the way. And again, there was a long way, many check-ins, many stops. So many, many moments to go, how are we feeling? Is everybody feeling good? It's been great. It's got a lot of attention out there. It's doing well in the award shows too. And it's great to see consumers and design fans alike feel the same way. That's kind of what we shoot for every time, that like sweet spot where it works for the client and the agency in the world, you know, just right there. Like, and that's definitely what's happened here. Now, is there always uncertainty along the way? Of course, there's always, I'd say there was less uncertainty here and maybe just more pressure. Is there any more pressure in the world than when the client says to you, we trust you and we're in your hands, we're open? Like, it's almost insidious, Travis, how open you were. Because is there any more pressure than that? I've been in this man's house. I've eaten his stew. This is Hillary and Travis's baby. And during the entire process, they were actually having a baby. So we were not going to miss out on this opportunity to help them out. You think uh, you might have just hit on a secret ingredient for a good client-designer relationship, and that is eating the client's stew. Um, so Travis, how has the redesign impacted your business in terms of, you know, moving more bottles in terms of people, more people knowing the brand, how has that changed from the, from the base? I think it became much easier for our team to go and sell. One of the biggest things was being able to communicate the story. And I think it just is a much easier way to go and present this in front of buyers now. From the story aspect and from the packaging aspect, it's it's a home run. I mean, I think it's still too soon. I mean, we're definitely seeing up in sales. I, I think that there's a lot more to be gained. I guess that the what we're seeing from it, people love it. Outside of the brand new comments, I think it translates 
in sales on shelves at Walmart and other stores that we weren't necessarily in before. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there is going to be a lot of upside from this redesign. And is there a goal to grow beyond your current definition as a micro distillery? And I'm guessing that may be tied with your ability to produce at a larger at a larger volume in the state of Indiana. Um, how does that work, uh, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it's a term of art. It's regulatory. There's not really a, a, a defined threshold on what makes a brand craft or artisan. Uh, I, I'd say anecdotally, it's around 100,000 gallons or cases a year. And we're, we're closing in on that. I don't know. I think that the craft word and artisan is a little overplayed, and I don't know exactly how the that connotation is. I, I almost feel like you are what you are, you know, the res ips. It, it, it is by what it is. So I, I don't think that we're trying to fake the funk. You come down and see we're, we're still working on our 150-gallon pot still making our whiskey. So, uh, But at the same time, there's this, there's this jump that I think you make when you cross certain state lines or a certain threshold where people start to just internally question how can you be craft and selling this many states away and that so and hotel tango distillery is i think the again this is part of that universal growth of that seems to be the better way to go as far as communicating who we are and i think it makes it more straightforward with cutting out other fanciful flowery words that don't really tell do anything for us well i think uh what it's what's nice about this is that it does have a feel that is not a mass market brand and i think that has its own unique appeal in that you know it's not something that you can get anywhere you have to sort of uh fight to get it like you had to find a place where you can get it whether that's only in indiana or somewhere nearby and the look of it the design like you can sense that this is put together by just a handful of people like it's not a you know uh an army again sorry with the puns like there's just too many <laughs> and i've resisted a few more <laughs> but I, I think that it doesn't say it doesn't seem like there's a factory a giant factory doing these things in in mass but it's actually put together with a lot of love and care and i can get that sense from talking to both of you that you went full in trusting each other to get the best out of each other and the result really shows. That is my closing argument in this project. I think it's a beautiful uh, redesign and it's a great, uh, I, I haven't tasted it. I'm, I'm, I'll try to find it. I mean, in the end, I shouldn't, I know. Um, I tried to hint at uh, Brian and Caroline that, you know, maybe you could send me some, uh, but no, I'll, I'll do my due diligence and get some on my own. Uh, but uh, thank you, Travis. Thank you, Brian, for joining me today on the follow-up. And I wish you, Travis, all the best with uh, Hotel Tango. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. Thank you. After listening to this conversation and hearing how clear, efficient, honest, and open the communication was between Hotel Tango and YNL, it's no surprise that the resulting design was so remarkably good. Not just design-wise, but also message-wise, giving Hotel Tango a serious tone of voice distilled with deadpan humor. And heck, if you are ever invited by a client for stew at their house, know that you are on the right path to a great designer-client relationship. Today, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be here. We hope you'll be there. <laughs>